0: Good morning everybody i'm charlie fink i'm here with ted Shilowitz. it's april 1st 2022 uh it's this week in xr thanks to our sponsor verbella uh,
1: good morning ted morning charlie always an auspicious day the first of april uh you know uh reddit discord uh others that uh sort of live in that uh the world of, of fodder may and may uh talked about you know apple's big. buying uh, Apple's buying NBC Universal. Apple's buying everything. Yeah, in in (laughs) one fell swoop, is going to be the April Fool's joke of the day. Probably we'll see. Well, we've got we have got a fantastic
0: guest today, and not just because it's April Fool's, but because he is a great guy. Tmf Johnny, professional VTuber on YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok. He plays an anime wolf boy and music star named TFM Johnny. And I don't know that he's going to perform for us musically, uh, but he's going to stop by and and tell us um and tell us what that world of VTubing is all about the guy's got millions of followers uh he makes bank and uh and i have to say he his the character he's created is both engaging uh, and funny and incredibly likable
1: yeah when you told me he was going to be our guest today i i did some uh checking uh, last couple of days watched a couple of his streams on tiktok and youtube and uh it's really interestingly engaging, and, and watching him engage with the fans, uh, you know, on a one-on-one basis is pretty is pretty intriguing. So uh, it's a brave new world out there of what content yeah. means. I mean,
0: and you know, people can can uh, decide that they're going to be a YouTube star and actually just go out and do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's kind of incredible. The guy's in his house, unemployed at the beginning of the pandemic, and he said, "I got an idea. Let me see if I can make something out of this." Yeah. And uh, and now he's a, a star.
1: Yeah. It's the, the, it is a true representation of the, the democratic nature of content over the internet, even in the web 2.0 days. And as we start to migrate into the web 3.0 days, um, you know, what we're going to see emerging from talent of all forms from all parts of the planet is going to be really interesting for, for us to watch and see. So big news today uh or i shouldn't say today lots of week. a big that's a lot it's a big big week right lots yeah, of good fundraising
0: this week and and of course our friends at Enreal kicked it off by uh reeling in another 16 million dollars from alibaba
1: yeah yeah and that's a good partner to have they they are continuing to raise continuing to you know push what it takes for the level of funding to get a meaningful mixed reality product out into the market um and you know Companies like Alibaba are recognizing that and and you know keeping keeping the flame alive, which is well. Great. I think
0: Alibaba is a great partner, especially since their next move is actually into their home country of China. Right. Uh, they've been making the glasses there. They're available in the U.S. through Verizon and in Japan. So uh, and uh, I believe also uh, in Germany and now yeah, of course Deutsche uh, uh, Telekom partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think Deutsche Telekom, but uh, I. I I don't have the notes in front of me, but uh, they have a factory in China, mm-hmm. and they're capable of making several million of these uh, AR glasses a year, and uh, and obviously that's a huge market for them right in their backyard, and and uh, Chinese consumers very forward looking when it comes to new tech like AR glasses, so uh, you know hopefully they'll continue to grow into hundreds and
1: if not millions of users in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good step forward. You and I both have, you know, demonstration sets of the glasses. Yeah. Uh, they do prove that, you know, the value point. They're, they're still pretty locked into an Android uh, world right now. Uh, yeah. But, you know, at some point that will probably migrate out to even a larger um, ecosystem of users, uh, you know, still tethered to a smartphone today. Yeah, and you have it has to be one of the new 5G Android smartphones. So even mm-hmm.
0: though the phone is $600, obviously, if you don't own one of those uh, handsets already, it, it kicks up the price pretty good. So other news, you yeah. remember our friends from Mojo Vision? Yeah, they're they're still also kicking and, and proving, right? Well, they, they were in town last week, and they demoed for me their new contact lenses. I couldn't actually put them on my eye, but they had a little device that let them hold them up in front of my eye. They're mm-hmm. really the size of <laughs> contact, contact lenses. lens, right, so right. you need a special device just to hold them. Right. Uh, but what they proved through this demonstration, which they did for me and a number of writers in uh, New York was demonstrate that not only does it really work but you can read them you can put images in them you can for example you could use it as a teleprompter and Mm -hmm. just sort of move the text by gaze you know through great gazing up and down at at um at the edge of the frame you're able to manipulate it as if you had a virtual mouse in your eye
1: (laughs) yeah and I think it's a it's a good definition of real disruptive innovation right there's a lot of concern, a lot of worry about actually wearing something in your eye with that level of electronics. But that is what disruption is all about, which you and I have made stock and trade on. Is, well, is I think, new?
0: I mean, I, it is one of the coolest things I've seen uh, in quite some time. So, you know, sometimes you see a lot of stuff. So that when something makes you go, wow,
1: mm-hmm. it's got to be really, really special. Mm-hmm. And they've raised a significant amount of capital, too, right, over the last sort of junctures to pull this off. I,
0: I think this, this must bring them uh, close to a quarter of a billion dollars in capital. so it's it's not a small undertaking
1: to try to pull this off
0: factory yeah 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 (laughs) so the uh
1: uh, there's a company called the live do you know these guys yeah they're they're doing like um how do we best describe it uh they're they're eventizing they're capturing people in vr right the the, uh the capture system
0: Uh, exactly well most of the videos people have seen their videos without knowing them right when you see an actual human inside of Beat Saber wearing their headset and knocking over the, you know, the, the triangles, uh, that's live. And mm-hmm. you can live stream that you can record it. And, uh, they just raised eight and a half million dollars series a from Bitcraft with participation from companies like Sony, uh, and, uh, Alexa. And, um, and so they, you know, seem like they're you know, really getting subtraction. And uh, and we may be seeing a lot more people like TFM Johnny. Uh, inside VR, yeah. Inside of the virtual
1: world, exactly. Yeah, well, and Sony has an, an important dog in the hunt with their next gen VR headset coming out, right? And they're gonna to need to promote what people are doing in it uh, in, yep. a, in a compelling yep. way. And not just seeing what those people are seeing on the screen, but seeing the human form inside the environment of what they're doing. So it's a, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a version of mixed reality using virtual reality headset and cameras, right? So I think it,
0: I think it could be the beginning of a whole giant talk talking about uh, V casting. We should ask Johnny about this. Could be the uh, beginning of a, uh, a new genre. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a good week. So so, um, now here's another company out of India where we, which is rather an opaque market, at least to me, a company called Nimo Smart Glasses mm-hmm. uh, wants to uh, replace your screen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So in other words, don't carry your whole um, PC around, just carry a little foldable keyboard mat, lay it out, fire up your Nemo Glasses, and you're surrounded by screens. So it sounds like a pretty great idea, actually.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, look, I mean, a lot of the, the, the mixed reality um, companies that are out there, including Unreal, have have some sort of metaphor of this, right? Some sort of yep. metaphor of the, mm-hmm. of the like traditional compute version of a bunch of icons you click on and opening up a document and typing in it and doing all these things. It's sort of that transference of what we do today into what we're going to do tomorrow with the the comfort logic of how it all works. So there's another attempt at it, uh, out of a, a, a smaller, lesser known company. And sometimes those are the ones that get it right. So we'll we'll keep a close eye on it. Yeah, we we
0: shall see. So uh, did you hear about the Axi Infinity heist?
1: Yeah, that's crazy, right? What was it? Six uh, over half a billion, billion
0: dollars in Ronin cryptocurrency. Yeah, over half a over half a billion dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised this isn't a bigger headline. Um the Axie Infinity Company, Sky Mavis, which is based in Vietnam, uh, so far has kind of tried to downplay it. But mm. I guess the question
1: nagging at me, Ted, is
0: whose $600 billion was that? You would think we'd be hearing
1: quite a lot from them. Yeah, and it, and it may be a collective of a whole bunch of people that have, uh, you know, and, and maybe a lot of them don't even realize they've lost it yet, right? Um, so... I don't know. That's an awful lot of money to misplace, even, yeah. if,
0: even if only a fraction of it is yours.
1: Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and is, is Axie even reporting to those users? Like, you know, do they have to uh, go and check their accounts to see what it is? <laughs> I don't know. And then, of yeah. course,
0: Axie has all these sort of weird syndicates. Who who pay for people to play. So the pay-to-play game has people who are investing on behalf of the players.
1: Right. There's it's like a state, it's called staking. They stake their they stake their people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have you have to buy
0: your first few axes, I guess, before you can start breeding them. So and hence the paying, and then the playing commences, and I guess you can uh earn the money back through uh breeding more axes.
1: Mm Yeah. So, uh, yeah, six, six
2: hundred million. I, I, the the pay to play <laughs> thing.
0: I think the pay to play thing could take a significant hit from this. I mean, I just there are people playing all over the world if they think that their, you know, assets in the game are vulnerable. Yeah. Um. You know, investing that kind of time and in many cases money seems seems rather reckless. And of course, typical of the crypto world, right? There are no crypto cops. If your money is stolen, there's no recourse. No way to get it back. Right. 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 Um. I mean, they're, you know, I guess uh, they're they're in some cases using um, some significant uh, cyber sleuthing. People have found some of their lost money and gotten it recovered, but this is by no means a straightforward or simple task. And, And of course, we really, there's obviously no uh, unlike bank robbers, there's no federal uh, registry telling you exactly how freaking dangerous it is mm-hmm. to have your money not only in crypto, but in this kind of sub crypto that has to be created for every game universe like Axie.
1: Yeah, well, and hacks like this are, you know, are a, a somewhat regular occurrence over the 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 arc of what, you know, when, when Bitcoin was first brought in and ETH was first brought into the world, there are moments in time. You know, and there are interesting documentaries you can all watch about like when the big ones have happened, and they've had to fork <laughs> off different chains, and and yeah. you know, huge losses of people's actual you know currency. Uh, this is not just play money; it's real, it's real money that uh, that they're losing. Um, so it's something to watch. Be interesting to see if some of the other earn-to-play folks that are really big in the in the business, like Sandbox, have to have some sort of public reaction or public statement about. Yeah. Their level of I situation. don't
0: think this is the last we're going to be talking about this story. Oh no! I yeah, I
1: think uh, as it gets more and more popular, people you know will find a way. That's the, the beauty of chaos, as it were, right? So, so we've
0: got TMF Johnny, professional VTuber on YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok. He's in the green room. Let's bring him in. good, good, good time. You'll find him easily.
2: <laughs> Hello, hey,
0: Johnny. How are you?
2: Not bad.
1: Great to be here.
0: Welcome to the show. You don't know Ted, right? So uh, happy to introduce you
1: guys. We don't know each other, but I've watched your materials and I'm very impressed. Oh, thank you very much. So, um, Johnny, I
0: don't, I don't see your video. Most people are listening on audio, of course, so it's not super critical. But, but for Ted and I, we'd like to see your mug. If you have, if you
1: have, oh yeah,
2: absolutely. Give me a, give me a quick second here, and I'll uh, get my model up here.
0: So Johnny, we're you're coming to us live from uh, cyberspace, but you're actually uh, in Canada, right?
2: Yeah, I'm based out of uh, out of Canada.
0: And um, are there other VTubers like you local to you? Have you ever figured that out or is just everybody? Yeah, actually, Uh,
2: I I don't know what it is, but actually Canada in general, uh, there are a lot of Canadian VTubers and there's a lot of Canadian content creators on YouTube and Twitch and TikTok. But uh, yeah, there's even some uh, VTubers local to my area and uh, I've met them in person and (laughs) (laughs) it's really cool.
1: So maybe you should start as you're pulling up your avatar, pulling up whatever video feed you're going to put on here, um, by giving, uh, by defining a VTuber. Give us a, give us a sense of mm. what that is.
2: Um, so a VTuber basically uh, stands for virtual YouTuber. And uh, it's, it's really essentially at this point just any uh, public individual or content creator or performer that uses a virtual avatar. Uh, versus, you know, being on camera and using their IRL persona and, mm-hmm. and look and all that.
0: And so how did you decide uh, on the avatar that you use?
2: Uh, as far as the avatar I use, it, like I have a, a team of uh, artists that, that help me design uh, everything, all the assets that I use and everything. My most latest iteration, which I'm about to pull up here for you on the call
1: uh we can hold for a second so we don't distract you if you want you
2: know, yeah just turn this out we can turn this part out sorry it's uh, well
0: I, I i have said that it's an anime wolf boy so i guess um and, and of course you're a musician and that's a big part of the persona there
2: we go, there we go. You see there. Me?
0: johnny there yep. it is hey you gotcha <laughs> it's teen singing sensation tfm johnny what does tfm stand for
2: uh, so TFM actually just was one of those weird things that, uh, when I started my content creator journey, uh, just, it was a name that stuck. I, it was a small community that I belonged to, uh, about five, six years ago, uh, based around, uh, some trucking simulator games. So it actually stands for truckers FM. Uh, the, the community is still going, um, and it's, and it's, uh, it was, it started as an online radio station for the community and it, it, it actually grew into this quite large, uh, thing. And, uh, they basically provide a community radio station to trucking simulator games and other, uh, and other, uh, simulation, uh, video games. Uh, and it's kind of funny cause I started there and then I went on to what I'm doing now. Uh, another buddy of mine who founded the, uh, the online station went on to now he works as the head community manager for, uh, the company that makes the Euro Truck Simulator and American Truck Simulator games. And he's traveling mm-hmm. around the world doing all that stuff. So it's wow. kind of funny well, how we, there's and a some people have gone to terrestrial radio from that. And it's, it's kind of cool that it was a jumping off point for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's something that I'm sitting here saying that exists.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting, all the genres and subgenres of entertainment, uh, you know, like Charlie, you and I have come from the world and still continue to be uh, in the world of quote-unquote mainstream entertainment, right? Uh, but the idea of what entertainment is, is so humongous and, and audiences that find, you know, birds of a feather and, and connected into these worlds. The, these, it's, it's kind of incredible that there's economies and, and thriving communities across so many genres and uh Johnny you have uh, tapped into one and then migrated over into another one where your your YouTube persona and your TikTok persona are now monetizable and you have a real continued audience right all the time I'm curious which is the um which is the primary uh, uh place that people are finding you now
2: uh it's it's mostly youtube uh and then followed by tiktok obviously those being kind of the main content platforms right now on the internet uh but also vtubing has a very healthy home in uh over on twitch uh and the fandom for vtubing is um the best way to dis- to to describe it is a a very dedicated fan base. Like think of like professional wrestling and their fan base and how like the fans are are just like incredibly dedicated. They're not they're not like large per se compared to to other fandoms, but they're extremely dedicated. And especially that's true over on Twitch with all the VTubers over there. Is is you may have a smaller audience to tap into, but that audience is incredibly dedicated. Uh, to to all these VTubers and and what they do so and it's and it's and it's steadily growing on all the platforms and VTubing is uh, steadily entering into the into the mainstream which is really cool to see as well and I've watched that happen over the last four ish five years.
1: Well, it also probably speaks to the style of your avatar. Is there's a there's an anime uh, you know legacy to that or history? Like you can feel it the big eyes and the way that you've designed yourself. <laughs> Uh, and anime was probably one of the very first really hardcore viral like audiences that were so into it and lived inside it and continue to find their community inside it so it looks like you've you've tapped a vein there I would presume.
2: Yeah and and actually well VTubing comes from Japan and the idea of VTubing uh originally started there uh about five okay. six years ago and you know Japan is kind of technology-wise as usual ahead of you know, everybody by about five years or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so VTubers started over in Japan, uh, you know, like I say, about five years ago and then grew from there to the point. Now today, VTubers are just accepted as mainstream entertainers. Uh, and you'll see them on TV as presenters and, and doing just, you know, regular, you know, the, 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 the Japanese media, uh, companies just treat them like any other talent and and the audiences over there, just, it, you know, it, it's just a normal thing. And we're, it's really cool now in uh, North American and Europe and in the Western audiences, we're actually starting to see that phase in as well. Uh, but so, back when I started VTubing, we didn't even know what it was we just, we just created content in, in VR and, and had avatars, but eventually this idea of VTubers was associated with us and it grew from there.
0: So, in other words, in a few years, we'll be seeing you on Jimmy Fallon and uh, other memes. maybe.
2: <laughs> if hey, my phone is my phone is wide open. If yeah, they I'll, call. I'll me.
0: make sure to pass your number along when they their bookers call me. So uh, what? How did you get inspired to do this? Right? I mean, I mean, I just I'm sort of sitting here thinking. Were you been doing this two years? Is that right?
2: Uh, I have been. I, I've been doing content creation for about four years as TF uh, TMF Johnny though. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so four years ago, well, that's, that's longer than I remember, although you and I have been talking for years. So maybe, that, maybe it has been that long, but what inspired you? What, what gave you the idea to do it? You were obviously using VR chat for entertainment.
2: Uh, yeah. So uh, I mentioned TFM and, uh, or we talked about TFM and uh, I, I wanted to, I've always wanted to get into some form of content creation or broadcasting and uh so, I was at TFM as and I was, and I was uh, um I, I met a lot of Twitch streamers over there because they were also presenters on the station uh, and got talking and and they were just like, "Yeah, the Twitch is this really cool thing. you can you can uh, live stream and play games and do all sorts of stuff." And uh, so I was like, "Well, why can't I go on VR chat and do music, you know and and stream that on Twitch?" And that's kind of where i where I started was just how do I perform live music, uh, and stream that out, uh, to an audience. And then from there, it just kind of ballooned and and grew into what I'm doing today. Uh, but yeah, I've been full-time, uh, for four years now with, with content creation on Twitch and YouTube and TikTok.
0: But before you ever put on a VR headset or heard about virtual beings, you were a musician and a performer, right?
2: Absolutely. I've been a, mu- a musician all my life. Uh, music is just something that like my earliest memories is is of you know playing music so it, it's just been a lifelong journey and a lifelong thing for me.
0: Now Ted I met Johnny because he made a YouTube music video or he made a or, or I should say TMF Johnny made a music video and mm-hmm. it shot entirely in VR chat. In VR chat, which, right
1: interesting. Yeah uh,
0: and and quite brilliantly and and it taught me a lot of things which I've actually brought into my practice. Mm which is you know if you want to make a movie in VR it is exactly the same as doing right. it in real life right you need a shot list you need a director you need a continuity person you need an editor you need a location manager you need production assistants sure. you need costuming you need light you, it's everything i like to say to my students it's everything except the trucks
1: right and because you're you're building all those things inside virtual reality right you're you're taking the sets and the props and you're creating them you are costuming yourself and prepping yourself and then going on camera so to speak uh and and setting the shots right and, and yeah it's a very interesting interesting thing yeah at sundance there was a, a premiere of a movie that was created a full feature film all in vr chat that that had its moment and it's very we met met in VR chat
2: yes yes Uh, those are actually some good friends of mine yeah excellent I haven't seen the film yet I really want to see it but uh yeah really good friends of mine that uh, made that
1: so so tell us like what you you do this full-time now as a living so tell us what your week like an average week is like for you uh and and what (laughs) platforms you're doing it on uh,
2: yeah, average week, uh, sheer, utter chaos. No, <laughs> I, I think that's, that's pretty true for most modern content creators that are full time on, on YouTube and other platforms It's just, uh, I, I don't think my workflow is any different from anybody else that, that does content creation. Uh, it, VR doesn't really, and, and VTubing doesn't really change anything. Uh, and as Charlie was saying, you know, even when we're like shooting, uh, a music video or a movie or whatever in, in VR. Everything is the same, and a lot of people I talk to assume that there's some sort of different, majorly different workflow that we, we take. But the, the truth is, um, you know, it, when I'm doing, say, an omega video for YouTube, uh, it's, it's no different than if I was using my, my real face and, and everything else. It's just that I'm setting up a virtual camera versus a real camera, or uh, if I'm performing music on, on stage. Uh, on a stream. It's no different than if I was performing music on stage in front of a live audience.'m I'm, I'm mic'd up the same way my monitors are, are you know I, I do the whole the whole kit that any you know stage vocalist would do in ear monitors, microphone, everything. The difference is I also just slap on a VR headset and and um, you know full body trackers to track my my uh, to capture my motion and everything in VR to translate that uh, into the stream. Ah, uh, but everything is pretty much the same as any other content creator, just with the added uh, difference of using an avatar versus my actual my actual look.
1: Right. so charlie, what what Johnny has stumbled onto uh, uh, and and it's the most overtalked uh, you know piece of lexicon of the past year or two, is he is a true metaverser now. He is defining what the metaverse actually is, is taking things that used to exist in the real world and bringing them into a virtual environment and virtual world fully. So that you are living and working inside this set of technology, as opposed to the previous set of technology, which would have potentially been you know, a movie camera and real sets and lights and so forth and so on. You've literally brought that into the metaverse. So while these large companies trying to define what the metaverse is, What's happening is the organic creators are actually defining what the metaverse is. And you are a like prime example of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's so many cool things going on. I, I mean, uh, I kind of consider VRChat the metaverse at this point, or at least what people envision what the the metaverse you know c- can be you know if this was 15 years ago we'd be talking about how second life is the metaverse but right. uh, I, I think it changes all the time and the definition is 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 constantly in flux but the uh, the the reality is absolutely correct what you said um at least in vr chat and and in the sort of subculture of vr chat uh there is very much this idea of um taking real world uh, events and, you know, cultures and lifestyles and bring that into the space and a really good example right now of a, um, a community that's growing incredibly rapidly and is being adopted incredibly rapidly is the, uh, EDM and club communities. Mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, there, there are even cases of real life clubs, especially during COVID that, that just made that transition into the VR space and just continued operating, but within the VR space, and instead of bringing their DJs into their club in the real world, they would just set them up with VR chat and bring them into into the virtual space. And everybody would show up in VR and do the exact same thing they would, you know, in in real life and and it caught on. And there's so many clubs now out there uh, all selling, you know, just like they would in real life selling merch and creating brand awareness and doing the exact same thing they would, except just in a virtual space.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. If you think about it
1: broadly, you know, the idea of taking things that used to have physical properties and then just assigning them to pixels. So the typewriter to the word processor, voice to voice, face communication to the telephone and then eventually, you know, video chat, right? Which is where we sit today in in various forms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Physical books into eBooks. And now the physical presence of almost anything we do into some sort of pixels and using VR technology to allow that to have full spatial dynamics, right? And, And the ability to start to feel it's real to the point of EDM clubs and bringing people into that music scene in a place where if they can't go in person, they don't just want to watch it on their phone. They want to be inside it. And they want to actually feel like it's really happening to them. And therefore VR has a very important role to play there. And mixed reality will start to take that over as you start to blend those worlds together, right? So
0: it's quite fascinating. So so Johnny, let's talk for a minute just about the economics of it, because <clears throat> you're building a business around um, your character. And You know, I think you make a considerable amount of money from uh, YouTube from uh, advertising. So can you give us a a view of sort of the business of being a a VTuber?
2: Yeah, VTubing is uh, starting to become a very, very big business. And already there's multiple organizations, uh, talent organizations sprouting up everywhere uh, that have been around for a few years now that are just turning into these massive, uh, operations. Um, so like you have various things like, uh, HoloLive based out of Japan, which is absolutely gigantic. You have V Shoujo, which is kind of, uh, North America's version of HoloLive with, with many VTubers kind of based around Twitch, uh, and a few others that are in the YouTube space. Myself, I'm still independent, uh, and sort of the business again is, is just very much similar to any other YouTuber out there that, that, you know, there's really no major difference. And as the audience grows and as people seek out VTuber specifically, things are just getting, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And the audience looking for that content is, is just rapidly growing at this point.
0: Hmm. So um, tell us a little bit uh, about the omegal angle. You do music videos, uh, you do some scripted performances, but then most of it is kind of live and improvisational with people in the physical world?
2: Yeah. So early 2020, just at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I was looking for something new to do with my content. And uh, a lot of my content, being a VTuber, finding things to do, actually, my, my, my creative process isn't this big, complex thing. It's actually just I look at regular uh, mainstream content, and I go, well, could I do that virtually? And Omegle was no different. It was what would happen if I took my VTube avatar and instead of going on Omegle, because the, 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 um, I I think a lot of people who, who are in YouTube are kind of familiar with the idea of an Omegle video. It's, it's an, it's, it's a content format on YouTube that has been around for years and it's been done by many, many different creators, uh, but nobody had done it really in the virtual space. And so I was just like, well, what if I did that? And what sort of launched it? I think originally was just the sheer reactions of people when they would join <laughs> and see this virtual avatar that wasn't just staring back at them. It wasn't just you know this basic uh, face, you know, face rig that was was looking back at them. It was somebody who was talking to them, that was walking around, that was waving mm-hmm. at them, that was fully interactive. Uh, and, and early on in, in those days, when I first started doing these videos, that was, that was kind of the edge that it, that it gave me. was just like, there, people were just seeing this. A lot of people were seeing this for the first time, uh, and getting those reactions and seeing those reactions and, and, and seeing people interacting with, uh, a VTuber for the first time was just sort of like this massive shock. And, and the videos just exploded from there just because it was something so new and so different in that space. Mm.
0: So it seems like you you now have a sort of a spinoff, if you will, or a secondary avatar of Little Johnny, right? <laughs> Where you, you which which is sort of the prepubescent TMF Johnny <laughs> with like a little kid voice who does many of the same things, but I think pitched to a slightly different audience, right? Because TMF Johnny's very adult character, you know, very. Uh, you know, focused on sex appeal and pop music, but the little Johnny seems to be somebody who's focused more on on um, interacting with younger people online.
2: Yeah, so, and sometimes I wonder if that little guy is even more popular than I am, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So baby Johnny, as I call him, uh, is a character that was created about mid-2020, my avatar creator at the time, just threw the avatar together and was just like, you know, what do you think of this? And I I will always let the record show that I looked at it and I went, this is stupid. I don't like it. I don't (laughs) want to use it. I like just toss it in the garbage. And, you know, I am sure lots of creators and lots of entertainers have had this journey with something, you know, and you, and, and my avatar creator was just like, just try it, just stream it once and see what people think. And, uh, And that was sort of the inception of the character. I remember because it was uh, Canada Day, and so I was doing my my Canada Day uh, stream on Twitch, and just running around and you know you know doing celebrating and whatever. And I was doing it as as Baby Johnny. And from there, I did about three or four streams after that, and then put them all on YouTube, and it just exploded. And everybody just fell in love with the character because he's just he's just so. Uh, I don't even know how to describe him it's just it's so wholesome and just so he's just adorable and and his and his yeah. voice is iconic at this point like you know as I just you know, I, I think, think he's innocent in a way that yeah. that
0: your adult persona is not
2: exactly yeah and you know and you know that you like just similar to a voice actor you know that a character is entered into the mainstream consciousness when you have people coming up to you and and impersonating him to you you know I, I, it's just hey would you like to hear my baby johnny voice it's like uh, okay okay but like it's, it's something i never thought i would experience in my lifetime well, your it's, omegle it's kind of cool. videos
0: certainly have evolved because now many people uh, on the you use the anime channel on omegle and so many
2: people recognize you. They're like, "It's him!
0: I've been waiting oh, for this yeah. moment. It's him!"
2: <laughs> the amount of people now that recognize me when I'm on Omegle and and just freak out, or you know, the the standard fan reaction—anything yeah. from pure excitement to just like bawling their eyes out—or "I've been waiting to meet you. I've been on here for hours <laughs> and all." That. So. Uh, just an absolutely cool experience and and as a creator, I mean that's what you live for is just you know meeting the people that that you you help to brighten their day and make them smile and it's It's, it's really a weird
0: cool. kind of fame, right? because you're not recognized in the grocery store, right A lot of people that that you interact with really don't know anything about the world where you ply your trade. yet when you go on, uh vr chat you can't go anywhere without being recognized
2: yes yeah i, I kind of i kind of uh and i've uh, you know i i said a voice actor already i kind of the i kind of attribute that sort of sense of fame to the to a similar thing you know a, a voice a, a lot of the famous voice actors can say the exact same thing is they can you know walk through the middle of disneyland and not get recognized you know, even though they may voice for Disney or something. Right. <laughs> and, you know, they, they just don't have, you know, a look that's, that's well known, but they'll do a voice and immediately, you know, like, uh, you know, Nancy Cartwright busts out Bart Simpson and immediately, you know, everybody knows what's going on. So, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of like right. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, they're all forms of celebrity and, uh, and many people, uh, their physical presence is not how people know that. Right. And, uh, uh, there's a whole crop of of talent that now lives in that world, and you are defining it not for the previous age, but for the new age, and for what's you know moving into the future, which is it's fascinating for a lot of our for our, our listeners. I think this is a really important thing to be aware of. Uh, this is not something that's just on the edge that's coming. This is already firmly in the culture, firmly with large audiences, worldwide audiences, worldwide presence. Um, you know, very similar to the to the earlier days of YouTube. I think it, where, I think it where suggests
0: as about. as VR grows, how big this can be. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really going to be a big part of popular culture in the next ten years as VR starts to really. Um, create a big space for itself in, in the mainstream entertainment spectrum. So, uh, I think there's unlimited potential. Johnny, before we wrap up, can can you please tell people where they can find you and your work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm active on pretty much all the major content platforms. You can just find me under uh, TFM Johnny, uh, and YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter. All of those are are uh, where I'm active on. And uh, yeah.
0: Great. Well, con- congratulations on your fame and your success. Uh, deeply, deeply grateful that you took a few minutes out of your day. I The other thing we didn't talk about is how, what an easy, this is sort of like musician. Oh, you're a musician. That must be the easiest, funnest job. <laughs> it's like, no, I work 20 hours a day. It actually kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what I tell all the kids that are just like, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. It's like, I hope you like 16-hour days. <laughs> alone. 16-hour days alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, that's all the show we have
0: for you today, everybody. Johnny, great to hang out with you this afternoon. As always, um, you are a very fun uh, and informative friend and guest to have. So have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, everybody.